we're a private association of the faithful, so we have like documentation official of official bylaws. Yeah, and one of our charisms is yeah. So the church has officially like accepted our charisms, and one of our charisms is, is toilet, toilet plunges. We're the yeah. oh, got to be the only Catholics yes. in the church. So I wanna, that that may be the only document in the church that, that has a bishop's signature on them <laughs> yeah. on a document with the word Hey friends, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And before we get into it today, if you haven't liked or subscribed yet, you know that's the time to do it now, right here. <laughs> here it is with you. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm joined here in the Damascus Media Studio with illustrious. my good friends. Illustrious. The illustrious Damascus Media <laughs> Studio with my good friends, Dan Dimitri and Aaron Richards. What's up, gentlemen? How what, are you? What makes a studio illustrious? Uh, uh, the fact that you say it's illustrious. How do you describe illustrious? I, I'm not even sure. Just come You're here. the man of words. Okay. What is the definition yeah, of illustrious? Yeah, yeah. Come, here and you, come here and you'll know. Good question. <laughs> it means awesome, I think. But um, I'm the missionary program director here at Damascus where we're working to awaken, empower, and equip. You know it. A generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. And um, a lot of you that are listening today, mm. you know that we're both like a missionary campus and a missionary community. We're mm. a place and a people. And uh, no matter how you cut it, like when people talk about Damascus, they're going to say that Damascus is missionary and you're missionary. And we want to like live missionary life together. Yep. That's what Beyond Damascus is all about. But I, mm. I, I, I was thinking about um, this show and this show is going to be on just like examining our lives as missionaries. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's just really important today to like come in and like ask ourselves how are we analyzing that in our lives but before we get into all that let's start with prayer and Dan can mm. you kick us off with prayer in the name yeah. of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen. Amen Lord I just want to start today with just allowing uh, those words I am missionary to resonate in our heart and soul Lord I pray that you would speak that over us, that we would recognize that you have called us to be a missionary for you, that you have called us on mission with Mm. you and for you, that you have come into this world to seek and save the lost and that you are inviting us to seek the lost and to bring people into relationship with the Father. I pray, Lord, that we would be co-redeemers with you, that we would uh, bring humanity back to the Father with you. And we pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to animate not only our lives, but to animate the world around us. We pray all of this in Jesus's name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and I love it. Like, um, yeah, missionary. It's like it's become a word in the church. I think that we use a lot, but a lot of times it's like hard to decide. Missionary disciple. Am I a missionary disciple? Like, how do I know that? Because I'm just like going through my daily tasks. I'm doing my like routine that I do on a given day or a given week, and um, I think like the question: Am I living? my life as a missionary mm, yeah. is probably the question that we want to center on today. Am I living my life as a missionary? And why do you guys think like, why is that an important question? Do you think, well, do you think that that question, like the understanding of what it means to actually be a missionary <laughs> has permeated our Catholic culture? Oh, that's a great that's question. A good question. Yeah. Because yeah. I, so I, at end of September, I was in, I was in France for, for their annual mission Congress. And I was, I was, there were 16,000 people gathered mm. and we have big conferences yeah. in the United yeah. States, yep. right? Uh, but 16,000 young adults were there for this event. The entire event was focused on understanding and embracing and committing to stepping into our identity as missionaries. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, this, this is something that is common for us. Like this is our language here at Damascus. Mm-hmm. And there are a handful of other missionary organizations around the country um, that, that we could list off that kind of embrace this yeah, sure. phrase sure. Sure. of understanding ourselves in an identity of mission. But I'm not sure if, when the rubber meets the road, I'm not yeah. sure if we're actually yeah. if we actually know what that means and have committed ourselves yeah. as a yeah. church to like 
Well, this is our call. And yeah, I think right, it's, right. it's we, we struggle, I think, with the church with coin phrases, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. The, the phrases yeah. are very, very, very good, but then they become like kind of vernacular. And yeah. so like the phrase missionary disciples, so valuable, but then yes. it, it does like, because it's such a beautiful phrase, sometimes we just start using it without actually examining yeah. like, well, okay, it's what, what does it mean? <laughs> right, right. And yeah. I think uh, to answer your question, Brad, it's so important because like it, it going back to like it's our yeah. baptism. Yeah. It, the, yeah. at, at baptism, yeah. there's two things. Like there's two real important things that are happening. Like I am, uh, I receive a a white baptismal garment, right, to yeah. represent almost this holiness that I am clothed in. I've put on Christ. I become mm-hmm. a saint. Mm-hmm. Original sin has been washed away. That yeah, I have that yeah, indelible yeah. mark. That there's this original call to holiness that is um, that is embraced at baptism, right? Yeah. There's that signified by the white garment. But then you also have the the can. Candle. And the mm-hmm. candle is meant mm-hmm. that not only am I clothed in the, uh, not only have I put on Christ, but now I become the light of Christ. Yeah, that there's yeah, this yeah, yeah. holiness and mission. It's mm-hmm. twofold. And then I'm anointed with the oil of baptism to be priest, prophet, and king, that I actually get my missionary mandate that I'm... Uh, so, it, yeah. to be Christian is yep. to be holy and to be on mission. And I, I feel like a lot of times to what you're saying, Aaron, yep. we just say to be Christian is to be holy. That's yeah. not actually, yeah. that's yeah. not what baptism is. Yeah. That's only one facet. It's like where you have to walk on two legs, mm-hmm. holiness and mission. Yeah. And without the two legs, I'm just, I'm and one the, legged. And the question <laughs> invokes that, right? Like, am I living my life as a missionary? Well, first I need to define what missionary is then if I'm going to answer yeah. that question. Yeah. And then I actually have to look at myself and like, am I actually doing that thing? And I'm not. Brad, you love definitions. Confident. Yes, exactly. So what's, a, what's a missionary? <laughs> I think a missionary is a, a person. Who, <laughs> it is. It is. Like, what's no, holiness? Yeah. Jesus. No, that's what's real. missionary? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. But like, like. If, if, if we're looking like practically, though, I think it's just a person who spreads the good news in their spheres of influence. Yeah. That, that's a missionary. Yeah, a yeah. person who spreads the good news, the gospel of Jesus yep. in their spheres of influence. A person who spreads the good news in their spheres of influence. Am I that? I, yeah. I don't know though, because I think in the church, to your point, Aaron, we have these phrases and we almost begin tuning them out. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, I can be a missionary. That sounds like good content to listen to on my way to work, Yeah, but I'm not really looking at my life through that lens. And I yeah. think that's where we want to go today. And um, hmm. just to kind of like jump in, I think it's important to note that examining our lives is not something that's foreign yeah. to the church, right? Like examinations are things that the church has always done so as to test herself yep. and if she's being true to who she is. Like we examine our conscience before confession. We examine our intentions before holy matrimony and holy orders. Mm-hmm. Like uh, are they yeah. holy? Are they in right alignment with the Lord? And I think this is an opportunity for us to actually look at that question to be a missionary oh, through an examine lens, like that's a missionary awesome. examine. Yeah, there, it's like part of our any life such to thing? examine our conscience every night, right? right like that's right. important. Yeah, yeah. We, could, yeah. we should publish it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> missionary maybe examine. we can get to that today. But I think, well, the first thing I, I think, why don't we, we just start, I think, to Aaron's point with like, why should we analyze our lives as a missionary? Like, yeah. why, why should we ask the question, am I living my life as a missionary? I think, I mean, we see it in the yeah. catechism, right? The catechism, we've already mentioned it. You mentioned it, Dan. We have a missionary mandate as the yeah. church. But then it also, like, um, a quote from the catechism that I was looking at before the show today is from um, paragraph 851. Yeah. And it says, it is from God's love for all men. It is from God's love for all men. Yeah that the church in every age receives both the obligation and the vigor of her missionary dynamism for the love of Christ urges us on. Yeah, right. I love that. There's something about it that is in our church, but I don't know if we express it perfectly. So like, why is it important to ask that question? Well, and the, I mean, 
the catechism too, when they're talking about the sacrament of confirmation, I feel like we've all been confirmed, right? But did we, but it literally says that the sacrament of confirmation more strictly obliges us Mm -hmm. to spread Mm -hmm. and defend the Catholic faith. And so like we have this sacred obligation through Mm -hmm. the, our, our sacramental choice to be confirmed in the faith that, that, that sacramental confirmation, that sacramental strengthening, that's what that word means. Mm -hmm. That strengthening is a strengthening that gives us the grace to, and the mandate to spread and defend our faith, which yeah. is yeah, yeah, it's it's critical because it's part it's 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 what we said yes to when we were baptized. It's what yeah. we said yes to when we were confirmed, and it's what we say yes to every time mm-hmm. we receive the Holy Eucharist. It's yeah. that reconfirmation yeah. that I believe this is the body of Christ. I receive the body of Christ so that I receive the grace to go and then be mm-hmm. the body of Christ to actually be Jesus, yeah. His hands, His feet, His words, His His lifestyle in the world. World and his lifestyle was a lifestyle of redeeming the world, bringing the lost back to the Father, mm-hmm. which yeah. is like it's all just rooted in our sacramental theology. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. we make sacramental theology all about us sometimes, uh-huh. as opposed to truly understanding that we're act. There's a it's it's holiness and mission both yes. and yes. Well, that's yeah. the obligation part, right? But what about the vigor part? And mm. you like, I love that it was saying that the church, right? Like in paragraph eight fifty one, there, if I can um, <laughs> regain my place, it's it's saying that like the um, the church receives both the obligation and the vigor mm. of her missionary dying, and yeah. like the vigor aspect of it. Yeah. I was, I, you know, at, at its core, right? We, uh, the letter of John says, God is love. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of a common understanding for us. So when we, when we speak about being a missionary in the world, it's, it's asking the question, how does Jesus love? Yeah. And Jesus loves in a way that's not depleting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That the Christian loves in a way that's not depleting. When we when we're loving authentically, we actually pour ourselves out in a way that we that we that we grow that in a way that gives life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we yeah. we speak of that all the all the time that that our our mission should not exhaust us. It should actually fulfill us. Bless yeah. us. Yeah. It's actually the charging station. Right, like mission. When I go out, like it actually recharges me to yeah. live the next day. Like a lot of times, I think in the missionary world, you guys can maybe speak to this because you've been doing it longer than I have. But like I hear in the missionary world all the time, like mission is just exhausting me, mm-hmm. and like I'm just getting burnt out. It's like, oh, well, I'm wondering if we're doing it right. Then, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, John Paul II, his like rally cry, his motto of his whole pontificate was that it's in giving of ourselves uh, that we discover who we truly are, right? That mm. it's that sincere self-gift mm. that when I pour myself out on mission to others out of love, I discover who I am. Yeah. And yeah. it's because I discover Jesus and I find myself in the in the image of Jesus. Like, yes. This is who I am. And so, yeah, I think- We, we lock into alignment with our yeah. image and likeness, right? Yeah. Who, are, who were right. created to be. So I think right. it's if, if you're not ministering from from the source, then it is exhausting. But I have to yeah. have one hand on yeah. the source. That I've got to, I've got to be the branch that's attached to the vine, yes. right? That I'm rooted in that you bear abundant fruit when you remain yeah, in him. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and if I'm gonna be self-gift, I need to be self-possessed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I'm gonna give myself as a gift, I actually have to own that self. Right. Yeah. Like there is a beauty in that. that yeah. Like God, like God he <laughs> met spes. 24, which you're quoting, right? That man can only yep. find himself through a sincere yep. gift of self. I've always wondered though, like you can't make a gift of yourself unless you possess yourself mm-hmm. or, or know yourself at least to be able to give yourself as a gift. And that only comes from knowing Jesus, right? Only mm. only comes from staying in lockstep with him. Yep. But um, I wanna, I wanna dive in because I think that we really do a great job at Damascus with examining missionary life. And it's because we're a missionary apostolate, obviously. Yeah. But as we said at the beginning of the show, we're all called to be missionary. Yeah. And um, 
here at Damascus, you guys know it well, right? We have the five missionary mindsets. And yeah. I, I think if we walk through those, those are like a great way for the people listening today, for us every day of our lives, to examine if we're living our lives yeah. as missionaries. Yeah. Like, but shouldn't this order. just be something that comes naturally to us? Uh, right, exactly. Isn't that well, the question, right? Like, but, yeah, like shouldn't be like a little like, yeah, a program or something that I'm getting. So I, at, uh, we often, a, a wise man once said that <laughs> when you begin to do with intention, what you've always done by intuition, you achieve yep. acceleration. So say that one more time. Yeah, when you when you begin to do with intention what mm-hmm. you've always done by intuition, then mm-hmm. you res, you you achieve acceleration. That's really good. So so many times in our Christian life we think, okay, in order to be the perfect missionary, in order to be the perfect perfect disciple, I just need to be born with it. It needs to flow <laughs> yeah. naturally from or my life. Or they have something right? that I don't have. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can you can become a better missionary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, work yeah, at yeah. this. You can become it. a holier yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we can achieve greater impact for the kingdom if we align ourselves with the message of learning, how does Jesus love yeah. and actually doing it intentionally? Yeah, 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 that's really good. We had the Empower Conference here for the first time mm-hmm. last year, which was a young adult conference for those listening. Um, and Haggai 2, like in Haggai 2, that was like the the chapter that we were going with. And I, I loved the verse in there where it said, be strong and work. Yeah. Like in work, like yeah. do the work because the work will reveal to you yes. your shortcomings yes. and like the areas yeah. you need to well, get better. Paul says, if you don't work, you don't get fed. And right. like, I think there's an element of ministry in that. Like yes. if I don't work to build the kingdom, I don't get as spiritually yes. fed. Yes. And so, like if I'm just a spiritual glutton that wants to consume all day and like mooch off the kingdom, yes. like there's like, I've got to work. Yes. Like uh, there's a reason Jesus said, get in the vineyard. It's a vineyard. Yeah. And yeah. There's laborers in the kingdom. Like this side of heaven, yeah. I'm rolling my sleeves up and I'm advancing the kingdom of God yeah. and laboring for Jesus. And, you know, even in heaven, the saints, it's mm. the, there's the, in Revelation, there's the harp and the bull, right? The, they're, they're singing, they're worshiping, that, but then there's also mm-hmm. the bull of incense, there's intercession, that there's still even mission yeah. in, in heaven where they're, they're, they're interceding for those who right. haven't made it right. yet. And no, it's like, so good. Like the reason, like Mary is a missionary in heaven because she's yes. praying yes. for yeah. us. Like, yeah. it's not yeah. like, this is part of your glorified <laughs> state, right? And, Right, like right. that, I, it's just so because exciting. why? Because it's the identity of Jesus. Yes, yes. that yes. Jesus is, he is his mission. So, so we will never be fulfilled, right? Yeah. If you think your Christian life is lacking something, yeah, it's because you're not perfectly stepping into. Yeah. It's like you're not adequately stepping into your your identity. Yeah, you're not you're not revealing who the Father is. Yeah. We're never going to be fulfilled if we're not living a life of holiness. Yeah, yeah. We're never going to be fulfilled if we're not living a life of mission. Yeah. Yeah. one yeah. without the other, well, it'll handicap. It's us. unstable. It'll handicap it's us. unstable. And, yeah. and think about um, even Jesus's name. It means God's saved. In yeah. his in his name is his mission. Yeah. In his name is yeah. his mission. And I also think it can mm. be really tempting for us to think that we have to leave the vineyard to find rest and peace. Mm-hmm. But you can find rest and peace in the vineyard. Yeah. Don't leave the vineyard and call it rest and peace. Like yes. find it yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never been to the Napa Valley before, but I'll tell you what, like <laughs> there's vineyards there that I think you can rest and have peace in <laughs> with like a glass of wine with someone. And you can talk about the works of the Lord if you want to. I don't mm. know. But all I'm saying is mm. I think that we have confused I think we need to plan a retreat to Napa Valley. I do too. Yeah. I think us and our no. lives, we're all doing, yeah, <laughs> but it's, uh, the Lord's called me to that vineyard. It is worth noting though, and I, I love that, Aaron, because I do think we live in a world today too that says like anything that's not organic is forced. Yeah. yeah, that's so ignorant. Mm-hmm. That's so ignorant. Like, no, like, like things happen by putting in plans of action, by setting up goals, and like trying to achieve mm-hmm. those. And like, if I'm not examining my life as a Christian, yeah. I'm confused in my life as a Christian. Well, that's just objectively true. And if you think about, like, you know, you get an examination of conscience, you pull it up online. Uh, how many examinations of conscience really actually ask, "Am I 
fulfilling the missionary mandate over my life? Like, yeah, sure. ha- am I sharing the good news? Have I proclaimed the gospel? Have I poured myself out yeah. as a as a sacrifice of love? I think a lot of times when we do our examine, we're only looking at the Ten Commandments and yeah. where did I break the Ten Commandments? Yeah. It's these yep. sins that I've committed as opposed to the sins of omission where I've actually omitted the call that God has placed on my life I and I haven't yeah. I haven't lived up to the call. And so like, mm. even like, the, I think the goal of this sh- show today is to really help us like say that maybe our examination of our Christian life yeah. has been incomplete, yeah, right? Yeah. And that may even be because we're looking at an incomplete examination of conscience yeah, and, yeah. and we want to help kind of bring a fuller lens as to, yeah. we yeah. all know how to examine whether or not we've sinned. Yeah. Let's start examining yeah. whether or not we've answered the call yeah, right. that Jesus has in our and life. We, and we've done a, pra- a lot of practical work here at Damascus about yeah. how to identify that. That's I want right. to paint an image for us real quick that I think mm-hmm. is just really beautiful. A lot of times we have this perspective that I think, um, I don't know, that that I have a limited capacity and that when I give it away, I need to go back to the well to be filled. Right. And I, I want to suggest a different perspective on how we mm-hmm. can see the way that God interacts with us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, oftentimes somebody maybe in their, in their physical body may be unhealthy because their lungs aren't used to breathing well. Yeah, sure. Right? How do you become healthier? You you work it out. Um and it's not that it's it's not yeah. that uh I don't know, it's not that you're breathing different air. It's that your body's now used to entering into an exercise where you're breathing with greater capacity. Right. right. So I think that as we pour ourselves out, we actually come to this place where I'm not I'm not emptying this little jug, but I'm actually stretching it yeah. so that the 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 need that I have to go back and to be mm. filled again mm. isn't because I've emptied. Mm. It's because I've increased my capacity for yeah. more. Yeah. It's and the wine need, skin. And I need, precisely, I need to go back to the, I yeah. need to go back to the source to be filled again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so entering into missionary life, it's, it's fulfilling our purpose. It's finding a yeah. greater understanding of who we are as Christian. That's really good. And, yeah. And, Stepping and there are those life. times where you're like, man, I need to be filled again. And, and we can give God thanksgiving that he's increasing our capacity yeah. and Amen. it keeps us rooted in him. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Because mission, like when it, whenever I'm like, okay, I want more or yes. I need more, that what it, well, I have two options. I, yeah. I either go to Jesus to get more or I don't, right? And so yeah. that desire in yes. and of itself is a grace because yes. it's leading me into more of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. and it's your awesome. point, Aaron, it's, it's not because I'm emptied, it's because my capacity expanded. Like I, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually need more because my capacity expanded. I'm not like running on empty. But here's a crazy- I'm running on a higher gallon tank. And the something. other, the, uh, I, the reverse is true. So if I don't pour myself out, yes. my capacity actually yeah, it shrinks. Up. It's yeah. the wine skin again. It shrivels yeah. up because when it's not, it doesn't yeah. have moisture, it begins to fold in on itself. Yeah. Like that is the Christian oh, yeah. experience. And, and oh, man, it's so sad because you see that so often where people are living amazing outpouring lives and then they almost, they go inward and they stop pouring themselves out yeah. and you see them, their yeah. life is, it, it starts yes. to, their, their capacity starts to right. so in to the, so in this image I think that here uh, try to try to follow me here mm-hmm. so um, holiness is maintaining the quality of the contents okay right yep and mission is what stretches our capacity mm-hmm. so if if I live my life with a minimal capacity and I'm only focused on the contents right mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm ultimately going to be dissatisfied. Why? Because yeah. that's not what I'm made for. Yeah. And I'm not growing. Made, like, so the quality may be growth. great, but because I'm not pouring out, I'm, I'm not getting more. Yeah. That's right. We're yeah. made for growth. We're made, like, that's, 
No, that image is exactly right. And I think, well, it also goes into encounter and mission, right? That that encounter mm-hmm. in the holiness, it actually tells me what those contents are. The encounter with Jesus, he helps me understand the contents and hold them more clearly. And then he sends me out on mission, which then expands it so that I can take in more. And I know that uh, we, we teased you with uh, the missionary mindsets, right? But yeah. um, I think all of this goes into that because before we get into that, I do want yes. to mention the fact that I do think in the church sometimes, Mission becomes hard because it becomes another metric, and we live in a life of metrics. So, mm-hmm. like, if I set a high bar for mission and I fail every day, then I'm a failure. Yeah. But that that fundamentally doesn't see identity in the light that it should be seen in. That I have an identity that I wake yeah. up every day with, regardless of what I do. And then, if I set the bar high in mission, if I fall short that day, I let the Lord fill the gap with mercy, and I wake up tomorrow and keep the high bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. I just want to make sure that we preface with the fact that, like, this examine you're not going to always pass it because it's not like an examination in school where the goal is to get a passing grade. Yeah. It's to be honest with yourself. Like yeah. my life changed when I started doing the Ignatius exam at the end of my mm-hmm. day. Lord, where was your grace abundantly apparent to me? Mm-hmm. Where wasn't it apparent to me? And mm-hmm. how was it still there? And how did I deny it? And like just looking through my day and saying, where did I partner with you, God? Yep. And where didn't I? Very simple questions. But we can do that same thing in mission. Like you could literally separate that into holiness and mission. God, yeah. where were you present to me in a way that I was caring for the content you've given me? Yeah. And where were you present to me in a way where you were trying to send me further? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, but the missionary mindset. So um, we have a five-fold missionary mindset. We know yeah. it well. I think we can just walk through each one individually. Yep. The first one is Jesus-centered, right? Um, you mentioned this at the beginning, Dan. What is holiness? Jesus. What is mission? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so why, like, why is it important in our lives as missionaries to first examine how centered on Jesus we are? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, when I when I think about that missionary mindset being Jesus centered, it's I ask myself how often have I used Jesus's name throughout the day, and so like <laughs> I can go throughout all the world and talk about God and be okay, but if I go in certain areas of the world and I use the name of Jesus, my head will be cut off, yeah, right? And yeah. so there's something powerful about the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. The name of Jesus by itself breaks this like it, it breaks walls, it breaks barriers, it, it, it sets bodies. people free, right? Yeah. yeah, like there's a yeah there's a reason we pray in the name of Jesus because right. the name of Jesus has power. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, for me, I try to use the name of Jesus as often as possible in normal dialogue and bring Jesus into the conversation. And yes. if, if my conversations with people are not Jesus-centered, then a lot of times I, I'm like, dang, like I didn't glorify, like at the end of everything, right? Every knee yeah, will bow, yeah. bend and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus's name is everything at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And yeah. so... Um, um, just making it part of my everyday conversation is, yeah. is so critical. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So true. I think, um, Aaron, when I think about everything Dan said, I've implemented in my life the Jesus prayer, where like I just internally say it. But I think um, mention some of the ways we can use Jesus. I think that like I think a lot of times we think, well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go and I'm gonna put the name of Jesus out there to someone who's never heard it before. And maybe that's the call in yeah. the moment. But also, I can say praise Jesus when someone tells me the good day yeah. they're having, right, or like other things. But like. Yeah. How do you see that in your life? Like when you're, yeah. I mean, it's it, again, it's stepping into that I- identity in in knowing that that as I'm created in the image and likeness of Jesus, yeah. that that yeah. my ability to partner with Him in every moment mm-hmm. is going to spell the difference between success and failure. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, and and to adopt that atmosphere. I mean, shoot, it, uh, I was I was I was teaching um, on uh, prophecy on hearing God the other day, and I remember this. Uh, you know, five years ago, when I, I remember sitting in a chapel and trying to think of a, mm-hmm. I, was, I was asking God, God, like, reveal to me an image of your love, reveal to me an yeah. image in this moment. 
And I scrunched my eyes up real tight and I was like looking at the blood vessels in the back of my eyelids, mm, trying to figure out like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think sometimes we can, sometimes we can really try really hard. Uh-huh. Uh, but the reality being Jesus centered yeah. is entering into a lifestyle where I'm in conversation with my creator, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Where, where, where my, my actions are motivated by yes. a desire to be in relationship yeah, mm-hmm. as opposed to, as opposed to accomplishing a checklist. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think too, like, I, I mean, uh, reading the gospels in a new way where it's like, okay, like I'm in relationship with this guy and he's called me Amen. Yes. to live his life. Like yeah, that yeah. to be Christian means to be another Christ. And I, I honestly don't think every Christian knows that to be Christian is to live Jesus's yeah. life in this world. And, yeah. and that, that Jesus gives us the gift of his Holy spirit, his spirit <laughs> yeah. living in me so that I can live his life. Yeah, and, yeah. and so that I can love not because I can't, I can't love an a perfect way, but his spirit can love through me yeah. in a perfect way. Yeah. And so when when I'm so rooted in him and I know that I'm not yeah. just called to be like dependent on you as my savior, but that you've given me your spirit so that I can live your life, yeah. Yeah. then I'm not, I'm Jesus centered because my life is, it becomes Jesus's life yeah. in this world. Which I, had is a, I had an awesome experience. Um, so I, I said, I was, I was in this, I was in this retreat in, uh, in France at the end of September and mm-hmm. um had a really moving moment where the the priest who kind of uh, partnered with me in the process, Father Bernard, mm-hmm. um, I was so moved by his witness, right? Yeah. I, I so enjoyed coming into mm-hmm. greater relationship with him and, yeah. and seeing the life that he poured out. Uh, he's, a, he's a missionary to China and he's currently put, posted mm-hmm. in Paris. He's been there for five years. Yeah. And uh, I was... I was so attracted to his life yeah. that I was like, man, um, if I have to fight the temptation right now <laughs> to drop yeah. everything that I'm doing yeah. and join and and yeah. follow you, yeah, 100%. right, yes, I should be so enamored by my relationship with Jesus That's that right. that I love this man, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. I love yes. this man, Jesus, yes. Yes. and everything I do flows from yes. that love. And I have mm-hmm. to be reminded that he's. Real, yeah. Like, and he's really beside me, and I think that's why I like the word Jesus centered because I need to center myself on the reality of Jesus, yeah. not just the concept of him. Like, mm. he is with me. Yeah. Like, I, I love what you were saying, Dan. Um, obviously, the church calls it divinization; the Eastern side calls it theosis. But, like, listen at the mass whenever the priest mixes the water into wine. He says, mm. "By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in Christ's divinity, who humbled himself to share in our humanity." Like, Crazy. like, like <laughs> no, it, it sounds so offensive today, but you're not just called to be like Jesus; yes. you are called to be Jesus. Yeah, like that. That sounds like so blasphemous, but it is yeah. absolutely true. I think of Saint Irenaeus when he first said that God became man so that man might become God, and he almost was like stoned for heresy. Like they're mm-hmm. like, "That's not." He's like, "Yes, that is true. That yeah. Jesus's incarnation elevates us to the level of the divine." Yeah. And I think I mentioned the Jesus prayer earlier, and um, I guess yeah, for those of you listening, if you don't know what that looks like, like I've implemented it in my life, and it's really easy. Uh, it's just it, it goes with your breath. Mm-hmm. And you breathe in and you say, Jesus Christ, son of the living God. And you breathe out and you say, have mercy on me, a sinner. And mm-hmm. and you just, you bring it into your breath and you bring it into your life. And I, I've done it mm-hmm. like hundreds of times a day for the last number of months. And it, it's changed my yeah. life because what it does is it recognizes Jesus is real. Yep. Jesus Christ, son of the living God, right? Like you're here. Mm-hmm. And then I say, have mercy, which is everything we're talking about. I set the bar very high in my life for mm-hmm. mission. And I constantly examine my life in an honest light of if I actually did it. 
And when I know that he fills the gap with mercy, mm-hmm. I can effectively say that I'm a sinner, not as a condemnation to me, but I missed the mark in some ways today. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, a, I'm an archer who doesn't always hit the target. Yep. And I want you to teach me how to be an archer who always hits the target, yeah. right? And like that reality, right, to center on him there, I think is is pivotally important. But I think, um, hmm. let's go deeper into that though, because I think in, in Catholicism in general, I think a lot of people listening might be thinking, well, Jesus is at the center of the church because he's in the Eucharist. Like yeah. that's, that's, we are centered on Jesus, but like, I don't always think that that real reality manifests in us when we go out, right? If Jesus is in the tabernacle at the heart of the church, he should be at the tabernacle yeah. in the heart of me. And that should allow my life to look different, right? So a lot of the practical components of how we do that at Damascus, right? We, yeah. you, you have to hold yourself to a standard. Yep. So mm. this is all the stuff that we know, right? Yeah. It, it's maintaining the heart of Jesus. How's that heart expressed? Yeah, right. Well, it's expressed through, yeah, I'm in love with the sacraments, right? Absolutely. Uh, that yes. that I'm, I'm committed to a lifestyle of daily prayer, that I, I want to love with the heart of Jesus. I, I want to I have, a, have a thirst for the salvation yeah, of souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, where do we come up with the missionary mindset? I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that might be an important question to ask. Well, we, we discerned as an organization, right. mm-hmm. where is the particular way that we are called as a, as a ministry, as an apostolate to pour out? Yep. And then we asked, God, show us the ways yeah. that we can hold ourselves accountable yes. to that. Yes. Yeah. So, and I, I think in large part, the missionary mindsets of Damascus could be good, a good starting point, maybe even more than a starting point Agreed. for any Christian, Agreed. right? But but we got there by asking practically, what do I need to do yes. daily in yeah, my life? Right. Well, and you said a high standard, and you you talked about a high bar, yeah. and it, being Jesus centered, the standard becomes Jesus, not other Christians. And so, like when I examine myself at the end of the day, I don't ask like we can't ask ourselves, was I better than the people in my parish, right? Yeah. Because they're not the standard. The yeah. standard is Jesus. As a Christian, He is my. I am called to live yes. Him, and yes. so. That to be Jesus centered is to say, okay, did I live mission today like Jesus lived mission yeah. when he was on earth? And was I was I a, a Christ in this yes. world, right? And if mm. uh, not, was I better than my priest? Was I better than my friends? Was I better than the, like the uh, the rest of the world? Was yeah. was my lifestyle like Jesus's lifestyle? And if it wasn't, then I need to cling to him, yeah. have mercy on myself and say, right. tomorrow, Jesus, I want to live like you. Yeah, and that's freeing too, right? Because then I'm comparing to complete, not comparing to compete. So yeah. like when I'm sitting at this table with Aaron and Dan, I want to compare myself to them. Yeah. I don't want to compare myself to them so as to compete against them, but I want to be the complete version of Brad. So I want to compare myself to how Dan lived that day, not because I want to be Dan, but because there's parts of Jesus that are in Dan that I want in me. Yeah. There's yeah. parts of Jesus in Aaron that I want in me. So now when I compare, it's not a competition. It's a matter of completion. Yeah. I want to be as complete as I can be, and I want to be as complete as I can be so I can bring Jesus into the world, right? Yep. So that's our first missionary mindset, Jesus-centered, yeah. right? Like, are we centered God, on the build Lord? build it in us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, build that in us, Lord. Jesus-centered. Again, I, I think it's worth noting, too, like, personal prayer. Like, mm-hmm. and, it, like, just just however you can, five yeah. minutes a day, two minutes a day, you need to lock in with the Lord. Yeah. Even if you have no idea what you're doing, like all the rest of us, which none of us know what we're doing in prayer, like, just sit 
and just say, Lord, I'm yours today. Yeah. I'm yours today. Let's center on Jesus. That's the first missionary yeah. mindset. Second is mission focused. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this might sound redundant because I'm a missionary by being mission focused. Yeah. Well, yeah, but to our point earlier, we don't always define mission super uh-huh. well, right? Yeah. And so I think it's important to kind of go into this. Why is it important as a missionary to maintain your focus on yeah. mission? Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I think it does sound redundant, but in, at least especially in our context where it becomes very valuable is we may be on mission, but we may not be mission focused, right? So I right. may work in a parish, but I may not be mission focused. Yeah, yeah, I may be working yeah. as a small group leader at a summer camp, mm-hmm. but I may not be mission focused, yeah, right? Yeah. So I may be doing missionary work, but if my focus mm-hmm. isn't on mission, Good. then I, I'm, I'm at, I, my my work is fruitless, right? Yeah. Like I'm going through the motions, and yeah. I think I think that's where, like, for me, it's really valuable. Like, okay, I've chosen to live a career and a life that's in the heart of the church, mm-hmm. which is great. That sounds like a missionary job. Yeah, right. but I could right. do a missionary job forever and not be mission focused. Right. There, uh, I, I mean, sadly, there's probably a lot of priests who struggle. They're living mm-hmm. a mission life, but they're not mission focused, right? Yeah. And like. There's, there's, you got to focus in, like, am I doing the mission that God's asked me to do? And do I see the task that I'm doing? Because a lot of my tasks Mm -hmm. are not super exciting, right? Do I see that task as building the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom? It gives me, go for it. And why is it necessary? Because it actually, it, it creates value, right? Yeah. It establishes the value of our work. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We talk about fasting, right? The, the difference between fasting and starvation. It's yeah. intention. Yeah. yeah. It's it's doing something intentionally, mm. and and so often, yeah, we can we can we can be wrapped up in the fact that yeah, I need to do this work. Mm-hmm. I need yep. to continue to slog through the daily routine. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately, I mean, like we said earlier, it should give life. Yeah. How does it yeah. get life when, yeah. we, when we when we do it with deliberate yeah. intention? Yeah. Well, I mean, right now we've got missionaries who are literally like manning the cameras and the audio for a podcast, right? Like they're right. behind the scenes, but if, if their focus is mission, they're yeah. building and advancing the kingdom of God through what they're doing. It's the intention, right? And so, right. you know, I, are you advancing the kingdom? And and it gives you that vigor that yeah. the catechism yeah. talked about, yeah. like yeah. because this week was a little discouraging. I was like working on contracts for a new camp in Minnesota that were working on and the contracts were, weren't working out like I wanted them to. And mm-hmm. But man, like it, I, I'm not a big numbers person. So I was like yeah. dealing with these numbers is not my favorite thing, but I was tackling it like crazy. Cause I'm like, if this contract yeah. works out, we get to reach a, an extra, we have potential for an yeah. extra thousand campers this summer. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to attack this with all, yeah. because yeah. the the work wasn't very fun. The work was draining, but I was filled with vigor because I yes. knew I was advancing the kingdom mm-hmm. with my mission focus. Yes. Yeah. Yes, in the focus, I want to, I want to, I want to really tackle that word too, because I think we live in a world where we're off focus, mm. and and I because there's so many things going on. But what I've recognized in my life, like, um, what it's been 14 months now since I got yeah. married, and, I, and I've recognized it in my life. If on my ride home, if I'm not focusing in on the fact that I'm going home, yeah. and my wife's going to be there, and she's going to be excited to see me, and Nina's going to give me a hug when I walk in the door, if I'm not focused on like preparing myself for that, I'll lose sight of it. And and not because I don't love her and not because I don't want to be present. I'll just lose sight of it because I'm not focused on it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when you guys look at like, I guess the world today, maybe even the church today, like where are we losing focus? Where can we regain Mm. focus? Do do you know what I mean there? Like, I'm not even sure that like, (laughs) I I know what I'm centering on there, but like there's something in that word focus that in our culture today has been lost. The thing that comes to mind for me is that, uh, you know, we, we speak about statistics. Yeah. We speak about about being ever conscious conscious of the fact that you know as a church we're bleeding out 
And I think that that mindset can can bring us to a place of of already admitting defeat. Yeah. Right. As opposed to realizing that the mission of the church is very clear. It was it was communicated through mandate by <laughs> Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to and, take the gospel and to the nation. Here's a newsflash: it's not to shrink. Yeah. Right. Mm. It's not. It's not that we would settle into a more crystallized, right. smoke focused, smaller. Uh, community, right? Yeah. Yes. It's that the church would be spread to the whole world. Why? Because it's yeah. worth it. Because the message of Jesus is worth it. Yeah. 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 John Paul II says in his encyclical Mission of the Redeemer, he says, the mission of Christ, the Redeemer, is still far from completion. And yeah. like when we realize that, like, shoot, like we've had 2,000 years at this game and we st- we're still far yes. from completion. Yes. Like we've got work to yeah. do. Oftentimes you see this, uh, this um, distinction drawn between mission and maintenance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And as a church, when we fall into a maintenance mindset, right, by by virtue of that, almost almost out of necessity, we we we, we move our eyes from the yeah. mission. But yeah. I would even say the maintenance is valuable if done with mission focus, yes. because the maintenance is critical, right? Yeah. Like we want to maintain the church through the ages. Yeah, we sure, want to be good sure, stewards sure. of our resources. We we need to pay our bills and and and, oh, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. do our all, all the stuff we have to do as the church to make sure we operate well. But it can't yeah. be our but, only motivating that's factor. Right. Yeah. That's right. But and it's got to be done well, with purpose and, and I, mission. Well, and I think heart. about it. It's it's pruning. Right. Yeah. That every time I prune, if you if you've ever pruned a shrub or yeah. a tree, you prune to make room for more growth. Yeah. Like it makes no sense to prune if you're not making room for more growth. You might as well not prune it. Yeah. You might as well let it keep growing because it's eventually going to hit stagnation. That's why you prune back. Like if you cut the grasses now in the fall, like they're going to come back strong in your garden in the spring, and it's because you made room yeah. for them to grow. If you leave them as is, they're never going to grow. They're just going to remain that yeah. way. Like that pruning is so important. And, and that that focus, I, I really do think pruning goes into focus yeah. as well. It's like, I want to prune all these things I don't have to focus on yeah. to get back to the root system. So I give room for more to grow. Like what am I yeah. focusing on? And mission, to your point earlier, Dan, holiness and mission are those things. I think we do focus on holiness because we know the stories yeah, of the we saints. Do. but. But do we focus on mission? I'm not well, sure. Well, we don't even focus on sure. the mission of the saints. The saints were crazy missionaries. Yeah, right, like, right? right. And we're like, they were so holy. Like, yes, they were holy right. because they were missionary and it got them on their knees yeah. crying out for more. Their capacity <laughs> grew. They needed so it. God was like, okay, great, I'll give you more. Yeah. And then they went on mission more than they got more. Yeah, and Francis like, didn't boom, just boom, like, boom, boom, boom. oh man, it does. that does drive me crazy too mm. because Francis didn't just hop down a path whispering to birds. Yeah. He, he like, was he preaching just, the gospel. He just sang the birds all day long. He preached the gospel to the birds. Because he loved the gospel so, so much, much. he could have shut even, up. Even if there weren't people, yeah. it's like trees, birds, <laughs> yeah. and the bird. Like it wasn't like humming some sweet little tune. It was like, let me tell you the greatest story ever told, wait, and you're wait, a wait, part wait. of it. I thought St. Francis and Snow White were the same. Person. No, that's, no, you <laughs> didn't. You didn't think that. But I will refuse to get fired up about it. I think. But let's focus. Right? Let's focus. Like. I do think that like mm. there is a point in that of like we do we get we get carried away. Yeah. Into all of these things, like like Saint Francis, like he was great with animals. Yeah. Like like th- there's a point even in that. But like when we focus down, it's like no, that man loved and I, Jesus and I he loved draw, the mission of the church. I want to draw another component to mission focus too. So like it's that that classic phrase everyone wants uh, to save the world, but no one wants to do the dishes, yeah, right? Like yeah. we can focus in on the small things the Lord's asking us to do today to to build the kingdom. And yeah, so like yeah. the the Therese's little way, like right, like so not yeah. every stay at home mom is is going to be able to be like out on the streets evangelizing yes. and praying for the sick and raising the dead, right? Like, but if you're focused on what is God asking me to do 
to, to, to do today? Right. And how am I going to love the children I have at home with all the love of Jesus Christ? Yeah, like, how yeah, am yeah, I yeah. Jesus-centered? How am I Jesus to these kids? How do I pour out in a self-giving, life-giving way today to yes. those that I've been called to serve? Yeah. Like, there, there needs to be a, a focus on the small and, and have excellence in the ordinary things of life. And, you know, uh, my favorite gospel passage in all of Scripture is the, the parable of the talents, because yeah, yeah. I, I typically feel like I'm not like a 10-talent kind of guy. Like, I don't have all these amazing talents. But what I noticed was if I have five talents and I'm and I'm faithful to them, I'm yeah. excellent in those ordinary things, five talents becomes 10 talents. Yeah. And then 10 talents becomes 20 talents. And yeah. then 20 talents becomes right. 40 talents. No, and I'm right. like, wait, the capacity grows. If I yeah. focus on excellence in the ordinary, yeah. God allows the small things to become bigger yeah. things. Yeah. And I think it's important to notice when we're, we're focused on mission, we're, and, and, and to your point, I think you are making that point, Dan. I'm, I'm not dissenting from you there. I think we we get hyper focused on the quantity and not the quality sometimes. Yeah, that like like the reality is, I'm called to be faithful to the mission today, and that might be less quantitatively yeah. than someone at this table. Like Aaron being in France last week, he ministered to more people than I did quantitatively. Yeah. But qualitatively, I could just, I could be on mission just as much as him as long as I'm faithful and yep. focused oh, yeah. on what's in front of me, right? Yeah. So first we had being Jesus-centered, second, mission-focused, which brings us into the third, which Ooh. I think it ties those two together super yeah. well because it's it's the fruit of it, right? The third is being joy-filled, right? Mm. Being joy-filled. And man, like, I don't know. I don't think if you would poll the world and ask, like, what is one yeah. of the greatest characteristics of the church today, if they would say joy. But I think that, like, it is something we, <laughs> we should, should be examining should for that, that reason. That'd be a good video. I, I, I do. Like, I just interview people on the street when I say, like, the Catholic Church, what do you think give about? Give me some characteristics. I, I wonder how many say. would say joy. Yeah. I, I don't think many, but I think it is critical to being yeah. a missionary is to be joyful. Why is that? And why do we grab this one as ours? Because joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Yep. yep. And we identified here at Damascus that this is one critically that we needed to sink our teeth into. Why? Because it's a natural outgrowth of the charism that God's doing here. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. Um, it was uh, Mother Teresa that joy is the sure sign of the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That, right. So so when when we when we communicate joy, uh, we communicate the presence of God in a powerful way. Right. Yeah. And I shared earlier in the show that 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 that's what people say when they come here. Yes. That I was that I was moved with joy when I met your missionaries. Yeah. Right. That there's something authentic about their yes. joy. Right. Yeah. So right. so could it be something else? Is is it you know, certainly no Christian is called to be devoid of joy. But <laughs> yeah. is yeah. are there other fruits maybe that you're called sure. to grow in? Sure. Yeah. Or called to called to share in your mission? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. But in, in mission too, though, there's something about joy that un that that unlocks the heart to receive the gospel, yes. right? That like when I see a joyful person, the That's natural awesome. question is, yeah. what's the cause of your joy? Yeah. And the cause of their like when I see someone who's like super excited because they just watched a great movie, I'm like, I kind of want to watch that great right. movie, right? When, <laughs> because, like, it's because the the cause of their joy has has made me curious. Yeah, and yeah, when yeah. I live a life of, of pure joy, then people are like, yeah. oh, well, I kind of want what you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's natural. It is. And it's it's both to, both and, like so many things in the faith, obviously, right? Like yeah. joy is both internal and external. What I don't like sometimes is like, well, my personality doesn't tend towards external joy. It's like, <laughs> no, that, that's wrong. Like you yeah. might you might be naturally a little more reserved than other people, but you still should be joyful externally in the way that you're called to be. Yeah. And you should absolutely be joyful internally, but I think a lot of times, we've talked about this on previous podcasts too and previous um, shows, that like sometimes we create polarities and it's actually like, no, 
you're called to both of those, right? Yeah. Like to be joy filled means to be filled with joy. And then yeah. my life, if you looked at it from the outside, you would say it's filled with joy too. Oh, I mean, yeah. I just, I think joy is the first gospel we proclaim in evangelization. So it's, uh, imagine I'm it's walking sweet through. Bait. Yeah, I'm walking through my <laughs> office, right? Okay, I'm as I'm walking through my office, I'm not gonna be able to stop to my coworkers and proclaim the gospel, but I am able to walk with joy and say hello yes. to everyone and joyfully like gather them into the spirit of the day. And all of a sudden, I'm the light of the world yep. because I have chosen joy, which is light. And then, so if I'm called to be the light of the world, living joy yes. brings light. Yeah. It brings light into every atmosphere, every conversation, yeah. every room. Yeah, That's and let's amazing. talk about it in context of the church, right? So like, if it's not one of the characteristics that we're giving the church, there must be a reason for that, right? And in my opinion, I think yep. one of those reasons is in the church, we've made reverence and joy mutually exclusive. Yeah. So like, you can't be reverent and joyful at the same time because yeah. they're opposites I've got to either be praying spectrum. quietly exactly. or partying yes, wildly. And, well, and and I tell this to like middle school and high schoolers and they they roar with laughter. It's one of the ways I build rapport with them. I'm like, have you ever been in a church where you shush, you get shushed for smiling? Yeah. Right? Because you do. like you do. You like go in and you're like smiling and people Catholic are all schools are great on in that. Like, kids like, are like smiling. Like, like, Stop talking. They're like, like no, no joy. This is no a, joy. this is a quiet space. Yeah. It's like um it's a oh. reference space. Yeah. I'm not I'm not confident that it's always supposed to be a quiet space. Yeah. Like but, but you're saying quiet and reverence are together. And like, but no no no. I've been I've been very reverent like of like, yeah, uh, I guess marriage is a great example, yeah. right? Like, I can be reverent of my marriage and incredibly joyful dancing through the kitchen. Like, yeah. how yeah. how have we not like allowed yeah. that to stay in the church when the church is the the heart I that, don't, I, that births these two? It'd be and, a real fun kind of like exploration to figure out where that came from, too. Like, why did it become that? Like, like there's a stoic like <laughs> quietness that has to like well, Dan. Dan, you love your your like anthropomorphic study uh, yeah, questions. I know. I just, I just want to understand, like, why? Like, why? Like, well, like, we should be joy. Like, we're resurrected people. We're not yeah, dead. Right, and so, right. like, I mean, clearly we want a place of quiet for contemplation, but, of course, like, of the, literally the catechism says vocal prayer leads to contemplation. Right, and so, right. if we don't have vocal prayer, if we mm. don't have a place of worship and praise and yeah, a, a, yeah, a yeah, jubilation, yeah. like, if we don't have that, we are actually are not able to get to a place of contemplation. Yeah. So to our audience to wrap this one up, if you feel like your Christian life has been devoid of something, mm -hmm. if you feel like you've embraced the um, if you've embraced the discipline of silence and prayer and contemplation, yeah. but you feel like there's something missing, seek out opportunities to 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 find a faith that's filled with joy. Yeah, yeah right? right. Seek out opportunity to find a community that can actually encourage you yeah. in this. Yeah. Uh, to to exercise those other muscles yeah. mm -hmm. to see if something happens. Yeah. yeah. When I Amen don't want that. I don't want me like like for me in my life, like I don't want my life to have to find met like sh sugar outside of the church to make the medicine go down that I go to on <laughs> Sunday. Like I don't. Like I want. I want that to be the sugar yeah, that helps the, the other medicine yeah. go down. And it's it's so opposite sometimes that like yeah. I, I'll go into like a mass if I'm traveling around or something on a Sunday and it's it's almost painstaking for me to get through because I, I feel nervous about like should I should I sing the Gloria as boisterously as I want to. Like, can you do that like, for us right now? I like, can um, you sing the glory <laughs> and boisterously well, like, for I, the people of God? I, I, I mean, the people want it, Brad. Well, I'm so tone deaf. I don't know if I can start on oh, the right okay, note. Got it, got it. Just that church. But Come you, to Mass with Brad. You'll hear his no, boistering voice. No, 100%. Amen, 100 yeah. will. But like, I think for me, again, I think it's, it's, it's creating in us an appreciation for both yeah. sides of a coin that may not have two sides. Yeah. It's actually yeah. like they're, they're both 
lungs yeah. and you need to breathe with both of them. Like reverence and joy, yeah. certainly there's times when reverence is expressed in reservedness, but certainly yeah. there's times when it's expressed in joyfulness. Yeah, so when we're talking about a missionary exam and at the end of the day, it's very easy to ask, like, was I joyful today? Yes. Like, was I was I joyful with my kids today? Was I joyful with my spouse today? Was I joyful at work yes. today? Was I joyful in my daily duties? Like, did yeah. I enter into this day with joy? Because joy is a proclamation of the gospel. Right. And so right. uh, did, I, did I rise to the occasion? That's right. Yeah. And that's our third. So we, we have being Jesus centered, being mission focused, yes. being joy filled. Boom. And that brings us to our fourth, which is usually everyone's favorite, which is being obedient, obedient. right? Obedient. Nice. Okay. And, uh, I love we, it. This has actually been a reflection of mine, like in prayer leading up to this show today, like we live in a very disobedient culture. Like yeah. we almost spite things just to spite them, yeah. you know, <laughs> like we do. And like, and I'm not, and that, that doesn't. Yeah fall far from my tree. Like yeah, sometimes I, you start disagreeing with someone and then you're like, wait, actually I do agree. So, but, but, I think, <laughs> but, but part of that might be we just don't understand obedience. So what is obedience and why is yeah. it important in living a missionary life? I, I mean, I love just the etymology of the word obedience. It comes from yeah. the Latin that means to listen. And so I think there's an element of in order to be obedient, I have to first hear. And uh, I mean, so I like to say like a parent is actually called, uh, kids are called to be obedient to their children, but a parent's also called to be obedient to their children. Why? Because I I listen carefully to their needs and I right. meet their needs. So it's not shut up and do what I tell you to do. It's let me hear what do you need? Well, how do you need to be loved in this moment? And how mm-hmm. can I meet those needs? I'm listening to sometimes your unvocalized needs and desires, and yes. I'm going to be obedient to those desires. Jesus was obedient to the point of death. He listened to the needs of his people, mm. and our need was yeah. a pure, like spotless lamb, and and he sacrificed himself yeah. for us. Yep, that's yeah, right. and uh, obedience is it's a it's an expression of humility, right? Mm-hmm. It's an expression that someone else may have uh, may have knowledge. Yeah. that yeah. I need to learn from. That I need yes. to listen to. Yes. Right? Yes. That, that can make my life better. Yeah. So at yes. Damascus, we teach practically like, it's it's critical here. We run a high adventure mission campus, right? Yeah. Um, there are certain things that <laughs> that other people may know that I need to live in order to operate my life fully and effectively. Yeah. When I'm on the high ropes course, I need to be obedient to somebody else's knowledge and training so yeah. that I don't make a choice based on my own self, you know, yeah, right. self-motivation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and likewise, at a more fundamental level, that 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 we we try to foster a culture here that listens for the voice of God, yeah. spoken through the church, spoken through the scripture, spoken through personal prayer, yeah. and and is faithful to that, yeah. to no end, yeah. right? Yes, that that I'm 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 going to I'm going to seek inspiration from my Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and not only will I. Will I hear? But I will listen. Yeah. Well, and, and it keeps me from trying to be totally self-sufficient, right? Like I think that, like in the world today, there's a lot no. of people that are like, "Well, I just want to be <clears> self-sufficient. <throat> I want to like every like I contain the truths that I choose. I contain whatever, right? Self-sufficiency." But I think what's so funny to me is when you look at the nature of a human person, they're always looking for affirmation from someone else which means that they aren't in fact self-sufficient because they're questioning whether mm. they're right. And yep. like, it's like, affirm me so that I can know I'm self-sufficient. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, that in and of itself doesn't make you that. And being obedient humbly submits myself to, to that knowledge daily, yeah. even if the other person's wrong. I think like, like there's been times in my life, again, like I'm not saying this is always the case, but there's been times where I felt like the Lord wants me to be obedient, like 
to a person that he's placed in a position of yeah. authority for me just so that I can learn what it's like to operate out of it, just to do it. And when I do it, sometimes it doesn't reach the results, but then instead of spiting the results, trying to ask myself, how can I support the decision that was given to me as best I can? Yeah. And I, I think that's changed my life. Yeah. And the, the, in missionary context, right? Like, am I being obedient to the voice of the Lord? Yeah. He's asking me to do something that I'm not sure will result in positive things for yeah. me, yeah. right? But like, but even if it doesn't result in yeah. positive things for you, you can't be so sure that it wasn't the right thing for you to do. Well, yeah. I think the I can't listen. I can't listen in obedience if I don't have the habit of listening, right? And so I have yeah, to first become right. very attentive to the voice of God in my life and the, yep. the voice of the Holy Spirit. How is God the Holy Spirit speaking to me throughout the day, right? So like, I like to talk to my kids about like, when you feel mm-hmm. something in your gut, that's yeah. probably the Holy Spirit prompting you to do something, right? Like if you're a, well, uh, Sophia, my 13 year old, <laughs> if you're a ballet and you feel like you should say something, yes. that's probably the Holy Spirit, the prophetic gift inside of you of the Holy Spirit say, yeah. Say something, right? Like, yeah. like, 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 and so, like, if I'm going through my everyday life and I'm at work and I feel like I should say something, but I don't, I yeah. actually was disobedient to yeah. the prompting of the Holy Spirit. If I feel wow. like I should do something, uh, if I feel like I should stop and talk to that homeless person, but I don't, yes. I'm being disobedient to the yes. prompting of the Holy Spirit. I was on retreat last week, and it was almost, it was so funny because the revelation God gave me in prayer was so simple. I almost, I felt so childlike, <laughs> like, like I can't believe I forgot, but like. I, I'm consumed with, I really truly love that the Holy Spirit lives in us. Like I'm all about the yeah. Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Like that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Like that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite um, mm-hmm. spiritual realities. But then I, uh, the Lord said, did you know that you're supposed to follow the Holy Spirit? Like, and I was like, oh wait, he's also before me. And I, I actually have to get my marching instructions from him yeah, and follow yeah, him. Yeah, like when, yeah. when Jesus says, follow me, it means actually follow him. Like don't, don't follow me, Jesus. Like, no, I'm going to follow you. Yeah, and right, so that means right, right. like, just go going into work and saying, like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do what today? Do you have for yeah, me like, what's, what is here? And asking, That's right. like, I mean, I think I kept going into conversations and I wasn't following the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. almost, it's silly, but I wasn't like, Holy Spirit, I what do it. you want me to do in this conversation today? Yeah. I was just going in, assuming that God's alive in me. Yes. So what I do is what God wants me to do, but I had to stop and ask, Holy Spirit, what do you want me yeah. to do so that I listen and then I And act. we'll never know if it's him unless we try it. Yeah. So like, like <laughs> this, this is a question you, I get. You, yeah, you start knowing yeah, what the voice of the, the, like, the, voice of truth the, the, the defense mechanism that sparks in me when someone tells me that is oftentimes, well, how do I know it's him? Yeah. Well, I don't need to. <laughs> because what I've committed to is trying to follow him. Yeah. And I'm not confident I hear him perfectly, but I can tell you this, I'll never know if it was him or not unless I try it. Yeah. And th- that like, and that that's the inspiration for us and yeah. being obedient is we need to try it. So can I give a great example yeah, of this? So the other day I was driving and I, um, and all of a sudden, the Lord just told me to to pray for this priest. He just put the priest mind uh, his name on my heart, and he said, "Pray for him." And so I started to pray for him. And then the Lord said, "Text him and give him a word of encouragement." And I was like, "All right, Lord, what's the word of encouragement you want me to give him?" And I gave him a very simple word of encouragement, right? And um, but I text him, and it opened up a conversation. And yeah, this right, priest, uh, right. he was really struggling, and he's like, "Dude, your your word of encouragement came on an incredible day because I yes. I'm just so beat yes. up, and I've been beat up for a while." And we were able to actually then enter into conversation. So. Yeah. If I, you know, if I wasn't obedient in that moment, who like I wouldn't have been able to be Christ to, to that person. You'll know a moment. tree by its fruits. Yeah. You'll know a tree by its fruits, and you won't know the fruits unless you plant in your heart. Just do what God mm. asked you to so, do, and fruit comes. Yeah, it's exactly. amazing. So it's that, amazing. And, that, and that's obedience, right? And so even Jesus does that. I'm sorry. No, I don't he's obedient. Inter- but no, so no, he, he 
spits in someone's eye. Like, why would he do that? That makes he spits in his hands, yes. he rubs it in someone's eyes, or he like gives the people wet willies. Like yes. he like sticks his fingers right. in their ear. It's like Amplified. he does weird things, right? right? Because right. he's he's being obedient yes. to what the spirit's asking him to do. And he's teaching us that sometimes obedience looks a well, little and silly. Let it, and let us take solace in that. That like if we do look silly, even if we're wrong, we're, we're, we were given a witness by Jesus when he did things yeah, silly. Jesus that we can try that. And even if those silly things are wrong, what what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. I look silly? Like, <laughs> I look silly all the time. Well, I mean, there could but, be a worry. If I spin in my boss's eyes because Jesus okay, told yeah. me to, I may lose my issues. Issues. But we should try it out. Yeah, let's for, see what happens. Yeah, so let's not assault people. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Like, but like, let's run through the... Because we have a fifth missionary mindset, right? Oh, so God, we're, we're Jesus-centered, we're mission-focused, we're joy-filled, we're obedient, and lastly, oh, yeah. we're toilet plunger. This one was hard. Toilet plunger. This is the most This one was difficult to communicate in France. We're literally... I love it because like we we're a private association of the faithful, so we have like documentation of official what our, bylaws. Yeah, and one of our charisms is yeah. So the church has officially like accepted our charisms, and one of our charisms is toilet, toilet plunging. Yeah. Got to be the only Catholics yes. in the so church. I wanna, that that oh, may be it? the only document in the church that, that has just, a bishop signature on them <laughs> yeah. on a document with the word. I want to put some plunger context. On. To this. <laughs> this shouldn't be inside language, so don't take it like as too much. Like literally, toilet plunger, like getting into messes, like getting yeah, into yeah. messes, not being afraid of that, right? And so I think um, what I'd like for toilet plunger, how about we just have each of you just give like what you think of when you think toilet plunging? Because I oh, think yeah. like, um, I think everyone listening, myself included, I, I know the messes in my life yeah. and I know where I'm hesitant to step into them yeah. and I know where I'm willing to step into them. Yeah. But like, what is it about being a toilet plunger that helps me be a missionary to step into the messes that sometimes I don't want yeah, to? Yeah. Yeah. You know? that, there's a phrase we have, um, uh, shout out to an amazing Amazing uh, ministry, hard as nails. That now is the time, and you are the one. Yeah, right? Yeah, if you don't, if you fatica. don't, if you don't do it now, no one's going to. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, some of the greatest convictions I have on a daily basis are when I commit myself to something very practical, and then I, mm-hmm. I, I try to convince myself that now is the time not to do it. Yeah. Right. So I'm committed that when I walk by a piece of trash, I'm going to pick it up. Yep. And then I walk by a piece of trash. I'm like, yeah, no, not. Not right now. Not but right now. Now's the time you were the one. And then, and then it's like it's like the Lord just like pokes me and yeah. pokes me harder and harder. And you turn around and go. And then I've walked fifty feet and I'm like, crap. Yeah. So I have to interrupt my day and turn around and go back right, and do right, the right. thing that I should have done. Right. That's right. Why? Because because no job is too small. Yeah. That's right. For for a missionary. That's right. That 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 there's no task that's too there's no task there's no there's no person that's that's too small that's too um, unimportant. That's, that's not right. deserving of my love that's to be so, poured yeah. out right now. So. Well, and we work at a summer camp. So our primary mission is serving middle schoolers and high schoolers. So yes. the reason we said toilet plunging is because literally there's toilets that need plunged and no one wants to do that, right? But if that, right, that phrase, right. now is the time you are the one, it's a haunting phrase. Imagine going past an unclogged toilet and you hear that phrase and like the Holy Spirit is like, now is the time you are the one. You're like, ah, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. And for me in mission, it, it often comes as the Lord says, that in relationship with people that yeah. I don't want to approach a conversation that's really yes. hard. And so yes. like there's a brother or a sister in community that I don't want to engage in conversation with because it's a very, it's a tough conversation. A and point, yeah. and so it's like, ah oh, man. And like those, those tough conversations, why I love our community so much. And I think the reason we have such a, a healthy community yep. is because we dive into the messy conversations. And so we're not afraid to like, 
like have that conversation that usually goes unspoken yes. or have those words yes. usually because it allows for healing to happen. And sometimes like surgery is messy, right? Yeah. Surgery is really messy. Um, but at the end, healing takes place. Yeah. And yeah. so like that toilet plunging for me is I'm going to dive into the messy situations. Yes. And also just reminds me that, uh, so I have option. My, my daughter asked me this the other day, we were driving through just a really dark part of town and I have an option. She said, dad, you always, mom always drives the highway. Why do you always go down living? Avenue that just is dark, like it's yeah. it's a scary part. And I, I said, I always want to go to the messy places when I have the opportunity to. Yeah. And so if I'm going to drive home from picking my daughter up from ballet, instead of going the highway and avoiding the mess, let's go the back streets. Let's see the brokenness because I want to be mindful and remembering yeah. of always of the brokenness in this world. And when I don't have my daughter in the car, I can take time to yeah. stop and minister to those in the brokenness, yeah. right? Well, and let Jesus be our witness, right? That we can't truly clean up the mess yeah. unless we enter into it. That Jesus entered into our mess to clean it up, yeah. right? Like he entered into the manger so he Absolutely. could clean it up. Like, yeah. And we can do that too, right? We can do that physically by picking up trash and things like that, cleaning up our apartments and houses, and we can do that by entering into messy conversations. It's also very satisfying to me that toilet plunger is a noun, right? Because we're Jesus-centered, Ooh, mission-focused, joyful, obedient toilet plungers. Those are yeah. four descriptors of the toilet plunger yeah. that yeah. I am. So um, anyway, those are kind of the five mindsets But here's the cool. That we have, the, right? We're not called to toilet plunge. We're actually called to be the toilet plungers. The actually toilet plunger. embody them, yeah. like go into it. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Which is what Jesus did. Yes. Yeah, like you said, just so messy. And like that Mother Teresa is like the yes. saint of our days because she went into the mess. Yes. And she like, she's the perfect person. Well, you can think about these plunger. five things at the end of every day, yeah. right? I can think about these things. And I, I want to just, I want to present just really quick uh, a question for each of these that, that you might be able to ask yourself if you're listening today when you go home that we want to be Jesus-centered, mission-focused, joyful, yeah. obedient, toilet plungers. And here's some questions for that. So at, at the end of my day, when I'm asking myself if I'm being Jesus-centered, a good question for that is, was Jesus at the center today or on the peripheries? Ooh. So t- t- did I bring Jesus yeah. into my life today in an intentional way or did I leave him out on the peripheries? Yeah. Like, ask yourself that. You know, we're talking about the missionary examine. Can we just have this kind of be As our- prayer? Our closing yeah. prayer. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll start us and then you guys can yeah. fill in the name of the Father and the Son and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, um, let us receive these questions yeah. today. Let us ask it right mm-hmm. now, actually, Lord. Yeah. And then let these be questions we go back to. So um, in being Jesus-centered, was Jesus at the center or was he on the peripheries today? That's- the question that we can ask, Lord, we always want you at the center. Yeah, and I'm just uh, anyone who feels like Jesus has been on the periphery of their life. I just you can invite him back right now to the center. So, yes. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you all of my life for the rest of my life. I want you to be the center of everything I do, everything I say, everything I think. Mm-hmm. Come back, Lord. Come back yeah. to the center. I invite you to the center of my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we want to be mission focused, Lord. And the question we can ask here is, was I focused on the mm. mission of the moment today? Mm. Like, was I focused on the mission that was right before me at every moment today? And how well did I attend to that? But again, that yeah. question, was I focused on the mission of the moment? Today? Yeah, Lord, maybe you can just reveal right now, Jesus, just reveal to us, what is our mission today? What mission is before us that maybe we've been ignoring? Thank you, Lord, just speak. Yeah, do I see my assignments from you, God, as a gift, mm-hmm. as, a, as an opportunity to participate mm-hmm. in your work? Yeah. 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 And the, the third, Lord, we want to be joy-filled. We want to be joy-filled. And the question for this is, did I choose joy before anything else today? Mm. Did I choose joy before anything mm. else? Before I went into a meeting, before I made a decision, did I choose joy before anything else today? Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Come Thank Lord. you, Lord. We want to be obedient. We want to be obedient. And the question here, did I say no to God today? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> was he inviting me into something that I said no to? It's a, that, that simple question, did I say mm-hmm. no to God today? Not in a way that I can bludgeon myself, but I want to learn how to listen better. Yeah. And so did I say no to God today? Yeah, yeah and God, would you, would you give us the grace in those moments to realize that you're not speaking a voice of condemnation? Right. You're inviting me into opportunity. Yeah, yeah. opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, and just Lord, open our deaf ears so that we hear your voice better, that we that just through the busyness of our day, just shout sometimes to us so that we hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our mm-hmm. daily lives so that we would be obedient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then last, we want to be toilet plungers. And uh, the question here is, did I avoid any messes today? Mm-hmm. Did I avoid any messes today? Right? Oh, that can be the question that leads us to toilet plunging. Did I avoid any messes today? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just, I feel humbled that you've called us to be missionaries. I, I'm just so thankful that you not only picked us out of the grave, but then you you wrapped us mm-hmm. with your grace uh, to be on mission with you. Um, yeah. Thank you for the the partnership that you've invited us into. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for the the gift to to bring people to your Father, like you brought people to the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Help us be messy, Lord. Uh, I love Pope Francis's quote as we close this prayer that he, he says that he would prefer a church that's beaten, bruised, and bloodied because mm-hmm. it was out in it. And so, Lord, help us be out in it today. Help Amen. us be out in it for the rest of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, guys. This is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We hope you encounter the Lord today. We hope you go out on a mission. Like and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. We look forward to seeing you next time.